Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What they've done so far does seem to resemble a lot of what the, the Sussexes did when they were on their recent tour. He's clearly a devoted dad. I don't think it will be long before we see another baby from them either, to be honest. On this occasion, she was with her son, Prince Charles. And I think what's interesting is that perhaps this signifies that he's going to begin taking over, or at least she's introducing him. Hi there, and welcome to The Royals. It's the only podcast that reveals what really goes on behind palace doors. I'm Zoe Burrell, and today we'll be discussing the secret clue to another royal baby, Prince Harry's emotional breakdown, and Fergie's 60th birthday. Joining us today to share her amazing knowledge is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Ange. How are you doing? Good. Lots of royal news happening. It's all very exciting. Lots of emotion. Oh, I know, isn't it? But I'm just loving the Cambridge's tour of Pakistan. It's been a huge success so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I love it. Do you know what I'm loving about it? Because of the nature of of most royal tours is that we get all the information beforehand. We know exactly where they're going. It's all timed minute to minute. Now, because Pakistan, there's a security risk and because there's concerns around security, there's no information. So it's only when they turn up at something that we know that that they're there. And I quite like that. I quite like this sort of impromptu, um, unsure scheduled feel to it all that this is oh now they're doing this and now they're doing this and and that's what I'm really enjoying about it but it's it's an interesting it feels like an interesting departure for them it feels more along the Harry and Meghan style of tour actually I think because a lot of the things that they are discussing and the people that they're meeting with feels very much aligned with the Sussexes um, particular brand anyway we'll talk about that in a bit yes of course well I had to start with that they could be expecting a bub because of something that's happened on tour what that? That's right, Zoe. Well, typically, Kate and William wouldn't travel with a doctor, but on this trip, they have a doctor with them. Now, this doctor is a friend of William's from his job working with the East Anglian Air Ambulance, and he's in the entourage along with multiple press secretaries and PAs and a hairdresser and that sort of thing, a dresser. But it's very unusual. They haven't travelled with a doctor before. And what people are drawing the conclusion to this is that um, that uh, Kate may be expecting. Interestingly, Ladbrokes in London has uh, dropped their odds on the Cambridges having a fourth child uh, to one to five. So that in 2020, so the thought is that they may have a baby next year. Look, this is all highly speculative. Uh, we know that Kate, when she's been pregnant in the past, has suffered terribly with morning sickness. And uh, accordingly, she announces the pregnancy fairly early. We can only speculate at this stage. But it would be really interesting if she had a fourth child, because as you know, the Queen has four children. And so far... Uh, William and Kate have replicated the order in terms of gender exactly as the Queen had them. So the Queen had boy, girl, boy, boy, and Kate so far has gone boy, girl, boy. So if she had another boy, it would be identical to the Queen's family, which I think is quite interesting. These are the things that I get uh, fascinated by, no, sadly. that's quite interesting, <laughs> but I'd love to see a fourth baby. Anyway, look, knowing the Cambridges, if she is, we will know before too long. 
Yes, exactly. And I'm hoping that we do hear something about it. I'd love to see that. <laughs> More babies in the royal family, the better, I think, in our, exactly. in our business. <laughs> but of course, in Pakistan, what have they actually been up to over the past few days? Well, as I was alluding to earlier, Zoe, that this has been a really interesting program. There's an education element to it. They visited a school with um, young women. Um, Kate and William talked to them about the science programs that they were doing and the, um, and the way that these young girls were, were sort of up upskilling and becoming educated and, and and what they their thoughts were for the future. They've done uh, an, a conservation program, monitoring endangered leopards. They've, they've visited that um, program. Williams made a speech very uh directed to the issues facing Pakistan, for instance, terrorism, the population challenges for that nation, and of course, climate change and the impact that has on Pakistan. I mean, these are a lot of the areas that typically, fairly politicised areas, conservation, children, the sort of the things that Harry and Meghan were doing in Africa, and of course, when they were visiting New Zealand and Australia. Look, it's to be expected that they will overlap in terms of the things that they are interested in. I, we know Kate's very interested in early childhood education, so that makes sense. Um, but it's it's interesting how far or the, what they've done so far uh, does seem to resemble a lot of what the, the Sussexes did when they were on their recent tour. Yeah, that's really interesting sort of fact to point out. Do you think that's on purpose at all or...? Um, I don't think so. I think it's probably more the case that those are the issues of importance to Pakistan. It just so happens that coincidentally, those are a lot of the issues that uh, that are affecting Africa as well. So I think that's it's it's probably just a coincidence. What I am loving about this trip, though, is is the way that Kate and William are embracing it. I mean, we saw William in that uh, that tunic that, that men wear. And of course, we've, there's been a lot of talk about Kate's outfits that, you know, that she's been wearing the shalwar kameez and that it alludes a lot to Diana and her time. She had three visits to Pakistan during her lifetime and was very good friends with Imran Khan and his then wife, Jemima Goldsmith. She was a very good friend of theirs. Um, but I think what's interesting is that uh, Kate is obviously embracing that look, the shalwar kameez, kameez, but also we saw... Uh, William delivered by rickshaw at a reception wearing that long coat that Pakistani men wear called the shawani. It was a gorgeous green colour. It matched Kate's Jenny Packham dress. So far, my standout among her outfits has been the beautiful uh, graduated pale blue shawar kameez that was designed by Catherine Walker. Of course, Catherine Walker was a favourite designer of the Princess of Wales. And I think there's a real nod to her mother-in-law, the woman she never really knew, Kate, in this dress that she's chosen to wear, which was, a, you know, it's got a long flowing tunic and then and then these silk pants underneath it. She also has, has been amazing and that she's um, supported Pakistani designers. There's a woman called Maheen Khan and she's worn her white trousers with uh, with the green uh, tunic designed by Catherine Walker, but she also wore a beautiful, vibrant uh, cobalt blue Shawa uh, kameez by Maheen Khan. So it'll be interesting to see um, what what she continues to wear uh, on this on this tour. Um, of course, we always love to know the details of what they're wearing, and this is obviously different from Ke- uh, Meghan and Harry's tour of Africa, where we got no detail about the clothes. It was a decision by Meghan that she didn't want what she was wearing to detract from the work that they were doing, and so there were no uh, notes, no tour notes 
notes given to journalists about what she was wearing. And as we saw, she repeat she repeated wearing a lot of the clothes that she'd worn before. But I like the fact that Kate has embraced the look. She seems incredibly happy. Perhaps she is pregnant. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> mm. And I mean, if the colours she's chosen anything to go by, it might be a boy. She's worn a lot of blue. I don't think she ever knows, Zoe. I think they just pop out and she has no idea. But, you know, who knows? That's true. She has worn a lot of blue. (laughs) But speaking of the children of Will and Kate's kids, we know that they have a special routine while they're away. That's right. So typically what happens if Kate and William are away and they haven't – been on a tour like this, set the book together for a while, um, is that the children would stay with the Middleton family in Buckinghamshire because they have a very close relationship with Carol and Michael uh, Middleton. But this time around, obviously, George and Charlotte are at school. So Carol is apparently helping look after them at Kensington Palace with their usual nanny. And um, But what happens is every afternoon at about four o'clock, Kate and William call their children and FaceTime them and have a chat with them about their days and how school was and talk to Louie, obviously, and keep keep in touch that way. But, you know, it's a big deal, isn't it? You're leaving your three children while you go away. I know it's only sort of five days, but but, um, they would have their routines and Kate is a very hands-on mum doing a lot of what they do. So, you know, as we know, it's always great for a mum to get on and do something away from the family and for the dad too. So I think it's really lovely though. I can just imagine them FaceTiming at night. I can imagine George trying to get out a sentence and Charlotte like talking over him about what she's done at school that day. And Louis sort of, you know, apparently, this is what's come up actually while they were away, uh, William has talked about how much Louis loves lizards. So um, gorgeous little details come out of these trips and I, I really enjoy hearing a lot about their children. Yes, I know. It's been so adorable hearing those little tidbits. But of course, we have to head back to the UK away from Pakistan where Prince Harry gave a very emotional speech, didn't he? He did, Zoe. It was very emotional. And this is what's interesting about Harry. Since becoming a parent, I think this has tugged on his heartstrings even more. He and Meghan attended the Well Child uh, Awards, which are awards for children who have severe illnesses and their carers. It's a charity Harry's been involved with for more than a decade uh, and very, very important. In fact, it was one of the charities when Archie was born. Uh, Donations that were made on his behalf were then uh, siphoned off to four different charities. This is one of them. Anyway, what he at the speech that he was giving at this awards event, he let the public into what it had been like for him last year. It has been over a decade uh, since I first came to these awards, and every year they never fail to surprise and inspire me. Yet this year, it resonates in a different way because now I'm a father. Last year, um, <clears throat> last year when my wife and I attended, we knew we were expecting our first child. Um, no one else did at the time, but we did. And I remember... And I remember squeezing Megan's hand so tight <clears throat> during the awards. And both of us were thinking what it would be like um, to be parents one day. And more so, what it would be like to do everything we could to protect and help our child, should they be born with immediate challenges or become unwell over time. 
Megan, of course, was with him. They met the recipients of the awards beforehand. She was actually wearing the beautiful green dress that she wore in their engagement announcements where she wore the green dress with the white coat over it. So again, recycling her outfits. But yeah, it was a very special event for both of them. It was so touching hearing his words. Mm, it was, wasn't it? I mean, he's he's clearly a devoted dad. I don't think it will be long before we see another baby from them either, to be honest. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> In sort of a fun comment made by Harry, he gave a bit of a hint that Archie has red hair, didn't he? <laughs> They did. So people have been speculating since Archie was born whether who he was going to look like. Was he going to look like Meghan? Was he going to look like Harry? A lot of people think that face shape he looks like Harry. And in fact, when you look at pictures, with the pictures that the, we saw of Harry in South Africa, there were a lot of pictures that looked a lot like Harry when he was a baby. I think he's got Meghan's eyes, those very dark eyes. But anyway, what Harry and Meghan boasted when asked by a mum and her 11-year-old daughter whether Archie had red hair. And Harry said, yes, you can tell, especially in his eyebrows. So he's got... <laughs> Red eyebrows, apparently. But interestingly, Megan has taken Archie to his first playgroup and she said he absolutely loved it. He had a lot of fun and that's far from worrying about him having hardly any hair, which apparently I didn't think they were worrying about it. But he doesn't have a lot of hair. But she said uh, also to this mum and the daughter that um, that there were a lot of other babies there that didn't have much hair either. And I thought that was so hilarious because, of course, all mums, when they, you know, Megan is, is royal, she's probably not having much interface with other mums and babies. So to go along to her first playgroup, possibly, you know, among the first time that she's actually met with a lot of other mums. And, you know, you just naturally look at other babies, don't you? What's this one doing? Is that one sitting up? Has that one got much hair? When's that one going get, to get a tooth? You know, is that one sleepy? I just think it's so funny that she's just like every other mum, seeing seeing how much hair other babies have versus her own. <laughs> I know. It's, so, it's just so down to earth, isn't it? It is. It's funny. <laughs> and moving on to another royal event that happened this week, the Queen Open State Parliament. My government's priority has always been to secure the United Kingdom's departure from the European Union on the 31st of October. But there are a few surprises, weren't there? I know. In fact, Zoe, my daughter is in England at the moment. She's on her gap year. And she sent me a photo. She was outside um, outside Buckingham Palace and her godfather, who she was staying with, is a photographer, um, uh, does a lot of royal and political uh, photography. So she was actually there as the Queen drove out in that beautiful carriage. Oh, wow. So for opening a state time. And she, said, she sent me a picture of the Queen in the back of the carriage. And she went, I didn't realise she looked so old. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, yes, darling, she is 93. She's amazing. <laughs> now, speaking of her being 93, what she did choose to do at this event, obviously the state opening of Parliament is is, is fairly uh, tense at the moment because of Brexit, but the Queen actually wore the George IV diadem which is a um, tiara rather than the typical heavy imperial state crown. Now, she has done this before. She swapped out the imperial state crown, which has got 3,000 gemstones in it and weighs a bomb um, in favour of the George IV diadem. But what was really interesting is that, that on this occasion, the state crown was carried in on a red cushion and sat beside her. So I wonder if that suggests that at 93, having that weight on your head as you're trying to deliver a 10-minute speech is just a little bit too much. The other thing that was really interesting is that obviously in years past she's been accompanied by Prince Philip but on this occasion she was with her son uh, Prince Charles and I think what's interesting is that perhaps this signifies that he's going to begin taking over or at least she's introducing him to the role that he will have in the future. Obviously the monarch 
opens the state parliament each year. Uh, it's it's a it's a tremendous event of pomp and ceremony. I mean, she looked incredible. But but you know, it it's a very important event in the annual uh, royal calendar. So Charles, with, with us signifying perhaps that you know we don't know when he will take over. The Queen has said that she would never abdicate, but clearly she wants her son to be very aware and see firsthand what happens at these sorts of events. Yeah, I think it's just a very practical move, really, isn't it? It is. It well, look, it's like any you know. It's a family business, isn't it? If you even if you own a mechanic shop, you have to show someone how to, you know, take the spark plugs out. It's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, let's let's go to Parliament, and you know, same thing. You got to you got to show them show them the ropes, don't you? I think Charles, it what is he seventy something now? I think he'll be champion at the bit to get um, to get uh, into the top job, but um, not before time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure. And finally, we're sort of moving on to a fun one to finish up the podcast on. Prince Andrew paid special tribute to his former wife on her 60th birthday, hasn't he? Yes, I know. We call her former wife, but honestly, we may as well just call her wife because for all <laughs> intents and purposes. But do you know what? People make fun of the um, of the Yorks and, you know, they live together. They're great besties. They post pictures of each other all the time. Andrew now, of course, has celebrated Fergie's 60th by uh, posting a picture. It's not a picture we've seen before. It's from Trooping the Colour. And it's both of them, Andrew in his full ceremonial um, garb, including Beefeater's hat, uh, alongside both their daughters, Eugenie and Beatrice, and Beatrice's fiancé now, uh, Eduardo, and of course, Jack Brooksbank, who is Eugenie's husband, and there's the six of them lined up. Um, he's also having a party for her, which is rather lovely. Um, it's going to be at their home at the Royal Lodge, and it's for close family and friends, but it's in the garden, and there's apparently going to be lashings of pink champagne, which is Fergie's favourite. I think this is delightful. And, you know, when you, when you get to 60 and for all the silly, stupid things that she's done, Fergie, and there's been a few, <laughs> it's rather lovely that there's still, I, I like to think of the loyalty between her and Andrew and their daughters. And, you know, what I would say about Eugenie and uh, Beatrice is they're very hardworking girls. They actually have to have paid jobs and that also heavily involved in charity work. So, I think their mum and dad have shown them a great model for how to be royal. I mean, they obviously are titled royal. They're uh, far back in the uh, in the um, in terms of heirs to the throne, but they have very purposeful lives. And I like the fact that their that their parents get on, that they're very close to each other. And of course, with everything that's been going on with Prince Andrew recently, uh, whether or not the allegations of of his involvement in those uh, sexual assault allegations have any. Uh, weight at all or, or there's any truth to them, we don't yet know. But to think that this family's pulling together, I think, is is an important thing. When you're a member of the royal family, there's a lot of people having a go at you constantly. And the fact that they can pull together and support each other, I think, is a lovely thing. And I'm sort of a bit fond of Fergie, really. I mean, I was in London when uh, covering the Fergie years and she just every week we had a headline about something else she'd done wrong. And she just, you know, she was never demure like Diana. She, she was just crazy and spirited. And I like the fact that she's a survivor. She's enduring. She does good work. They work together um, on a lot of charities. And I love the fact that that a man like Andrew can still pay tribute to his wife and have so much regard for her. 
I know. I love it. I think it's really sweet. It is. Anyway, I, I'm sure she'll um, have a few uh, champagnes. I don't think she's the sort to hold back. So, I, you know, I hope he's got plenty of uh, plenty of uh, sparkling pink champagne in for her. You know, I wouldn't want him to run out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a good night. <laughs> Does indeed. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. Thanks, Zoe. And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And, of course, don't forget to pick up the latest copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.